Hello, Texans. I'm Susanna, and this is The Susanna Gibbs Show. For those of you who are actually in Texas, and for those of you who aren't, just so you know, we're in day 492 of endless summer of temps above 105, 106. I think yesterday was 111, but this morning it was 79 when I got up. So for those of you who are Games of Thrones fans, you'll recognize winter is coming. We will get there eventually. Again, thank you so much for being here. I have been an actress and an insurance agent for many a year, and so that's a lot of what this podcast is about. It's blending of art and business. And so we're going to talk about art today. The guest that we have today is Elise Robinson. She is the creative director of the JCC Performing Arts Space here in Dallas, but what she really does... Her process, which I'm a total process nerd, she's teaching kids youth empowerment, how to be confident, how to take control, how to take a breath, and it's pretty amazing work. If you want to find out more about one-on-one teaching with Elise, you can go to EliseRobinson.com, or if you want to find out about classes, workshops, productions, go to jccdallas.org. Now, if you want to hear more about the Gib Agency, which is the insurance agency that sponsors this whole thing, please go to GibAgencyDallas.com to learn more about us. We're going to end this podcast with an insurance story. And um, I kept Elise on for this one, which is a new thing. We're going to try that out and see. I think I freaked her out, honestly. But that's okay. It's okay. And now, on with the show. So with me on the podcast today is Elise Robinson. She is the director of the Youth J Performing Arts Space and a youth personal development coach. Elise, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Susanna. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, so I've known Elise for many, many, many a year. So this is going to be really fun. I'm excited to have you on and talk about all the things that you have going because really, Elise is, um, you are a superhero in the truest form. You have like, this is what I do costume. And then this is what I'm really doing as my superhero. So, you know, you're teaching kids theater and performing, but what you're really doing is teaching them. You're empowering them. So how did you get into this space? What, what, what do you love about it? Because I remember you always did stuff with kids, but then I saw this gradual move to talking about mindfulness. What, how did you get going on this? Yeah. You know, I used to be um, an executive director of um, consumer products for kids. So my world was always involved with the betterment of children. I used to make children's toys and an author um, of children's books. And then it naturally flowed into really wanting to spend more time in the in the classroom, more one on one time. And as I saw once I started at the JCC, um, the impact and the influence that you can make on children's lives, it really started to align with my goals of trying to help children rise up to their personal greatness for whatever that means for them in their life. And through doing that with my staff and training them, I could really see the impact we were making for them and the community. And then using the arts as our vehicle to actually get there um, has been really, really amazing. 
And so through that, I became a trained mindfulness teacher and really just started to hone my craft and really just wanting to now branch out even further and make more of an impact um, as much as I can globally or affect as many kids as that I can because I see the method works. That's how I got involved and I just keep doing it. <laughs> so I was, um, I was talking to my kids about this. I'm always trying to get them to take a breath and, you know, but what is the, the one you, you told me this, you have kids put their hand over their heart and what is it that you have them say? I do. I put you, call it a heart hug. Put your hands on your heart. Mm -hmm. Let's do it together. Okay. Ready? Yeah. 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 Gently put your feet on the ground, get into your mindful body, which is a still but alert body. Just gently close your eyes and start to settle in. Your hands on heart. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Out through your mouth. And say in your own mind, I am safe. I am safe. I am loved. I am loved. And I am loving. I am loving. Take one nice deep breath in here. Feel your heartbeat in your own hands. This is you, your body, your powerful body. Exhale out. And when you're ready, gently open your eyes and bring the light and the people back into your presence. That's lovely. Although I I think I'm dead because I couldn't feel my heart. And you know what's so great about that trick is that it's something you can always do. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where, really, honestly. You can don't have to close your eyes and put your hand in your heart. You can actually just say it, and you do it as many times as you need until you feel calm, until you feel more regulated. The truth is, one moment of mindfulness, like one good deep breath from the diaphragm, not just a breath can start to deregulate our nervous system. And that's what really one of the superpowers is of mindfulness, is your breath. How do so kids react when you start to teach them that? Teach that to them. You know what? They all really, for the most part, dig it. I do it in a big group because mm-hmm. often, um, And they really, now mindfulness is not something that they haven't heard of. It's something that are starting, thank goodness, to start to be more like integrated into their lives. So um, they are pretty um, willing to try. I always said, listen, if the kids don't want to, that's fine. But usually all the kids around them are trying to do it. And if I'm working on a one-on-one session, for sure. You know, I'm engaging. I've got my ways to get them to be inspired <laughs> to try. But they, oh, <laughs> we talk about it after. How did you feel? How did it make you feel? That's part of the discovery process. And I think they realize that it is something that they can do that does make them feel better. And that's the trick. When they start to do it and they realize it is an empowerment tool that they can use, they kind of dig it. And also the kids that it's funny. When you're working with a group of children, very often the kids that you think are not paying attention Mm -hmm. are either learning differently 
but they're actually paying attention sometimes more than you even believe. They're the ones that can like, if I was out of the room, they could sit in front of the room and do it for you. Hmm. So, What is the big difference between teaching kids and teaching adults? Like, do you think adults are less open to mindfulness than kids? I think the biggest thing, and this is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it, is for adults, you're undoing unhealthy habits okay. rather than starting healthy habits from the start. So um, I, I don't really, is there a big difference? I guess children are um, kind of more innately curious mm. human beings. So I think that they have less coming to the table and baggage. Um, but usually if someone is an adult, you know, they come with preconceived notions already a lot of sometimes to the table. But if they're coming because they know that they need help, just like anything else that you're trying to change and someone wants to change their life for the better and realizes the benefits of it, I think then you get their buy-in. So I know that when you're teaching, you have a multiple step process when you go through as far as what you teach the kids and, and how you ultimately get them to be, the goal is right confidence correct totally so well, i think we want to we want to uh, my goal is to empower children really to live their best life and to thrive and to realize that they're the captains of their own ship i don't think we teach children enough that they are innately powerful how do you teach and when them? they realize you, you actually just talk to them <laughs> <laughs> you talk to them about really you talk to them about the things that matter you bridge the gap between what they're thinking and feeling and the reality of their everyday lives and you be that bridge you show up and sure there's tools like mindfulness is a tool and you know i'll talk about how you build confidence is that we need to keep promises to ourselves like What's what is a promise you're going to make today like what can you elaborate on that a little bit Sure. Like a promise that you're going to do your homework tonight, mm. a promise that you're going to do an act of kindness today, a promise that you're going to set your intention in the morning. Any promise that you make to yourself and you keep builds your confidence, even as an adult, a hundred percent as an adult. It, it doesn't matter whether you're a kid or, or an adult. These are, it's kind of like the, I look at it as, the things that I also wanted to learn when I was in my, or I learned in my 20s when I was really exploring and doing a lot of personal development and I still learn, but teaching them to children younger, like at a young age so that they can have these skills now so that they can go and navigate their big feelings and that they can not, you know, that they can navigate successes and failures and really French, I mean, they have so much that they're dealing with, as you know, with three kids at school and relationships and it's they need tools and they can handle it. Will you talk about how you talk to them about big feelings? Because I know that's a lot of, a lot of how you teach stuff and big feelings are huge. Big feelings can be very scary, especially for adults very and scary. kids, right? To totally. And that's why these things work for both. So with big feelings, when we talk about it, let's name it and tame it. Name what, it and tame it. it. That's fun. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know what it is, right? You can't even identify what it is. You just know you feel unsettled. 
So maybe we can, maybe we can. If we can, great. And we have something else to work with. You know, taking a deep breath is one way to deal with a big feeling. If you're feeling yourself become dysregulated, you're angry, you're frustrated, you don't really want to act from that moment, right? You want to bridge the gap between an action and a reaction. And in there is your pause. Your pause to take a breath, to calm down, and then make a choice of what you can do. Um, I think big feelings also teaching them that they're not alone in their big feelings. You know, we often feel that we're the only one experiencing this. But when we realize that others are too, it sort of takes the pressure off. Um, so those are some of the things that when big feelings come up, um, it's again, it really depends on what it is. But always taking a breath is definitely a centering place. The hands on heart is a great one when you have big feelings too. And well, then just realizing, like if your big feeling is fear, oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, no, you go. If you're, oh, okay. If your big <laughs> feeling, for example, let's say is fear. <laughs> I always say, and this is good for adults too, right, Susanna? If you're having fear, you say, okay, I got it. I see you. Literally, I see you fear. Take a deep breath. And you know what? Invite it to go to the back of the car. It's not going to drive the car. You can invite it, but it's not driving. And then you befriend it. I see you, you're here, but I'm in control. I get to choose. See, that's what it is. It's that you get to choose how you want to feel. It's all a choice. Happiness is a choice, but we don't teach children that. And we don't, there is no human school for kids. There's no place that teaches them how to observe, navigate, or investigate their feelings. And it's, those are skills. I do um, love the, yeah. the taking a breath is the empowerment of, I think kids, kids don't get to choose a lot of things. They don't get to choose where they go to school or what time they get up or what time they get home or what, what house they live in, if they live with their mom or their dad, but they can choose to take a breath. They can choose to react. And I think that's a really strong thing to give to a kid, hey, yeah. you have this choice. Totally, I think realize it. I think that's part of it, right? Like you said, they don't. They may assume they don't have a lot of choices, but they really do. So I always start there, expressing mm, to them and explaining to them how really powerful they are, how many choices that you really are responsible for everything you think, say, and do, and how really they can navigate so much of the their life that's such if they are present which is what what mindfulness is about yeah that's a much more positive way to say what i said what i said was pretty negative actually you don't have a ton of choices <laughs> but you know that's much better to say hey look at all the choices that you do have which again is more empowering than i get to tell you what to do Exactly. I always come from a place for sure of the choices they get to make because they do. I also really when they're in my space. Sure. You create a framework, right? But then they get to work within the boundaries. I do love the um, the image of a putting fear in the backseat because, you know, I'm trying to always teach them like 
You can't just ignore your feelings, but I love that image of like, all right, get in the back, dude. Get in the back. You don't get to drive this train. It's me driving, which again, you're in control. Totally. And you can do that with anything, any feeling that comes up. It's like, got it. Like I'm, you're feeling nervous. Okay, got it. Deep breath, acknowledge it. Don't push it away, like you said, because what does that do? Nothing. No. <laughs> Acknowledge it and then bring it to the back. No, it doesn't. You, you have to you have to claim what you feel. It's, it's like also claiming the mistake. I teach them this too. You made a mistake. Great. It's your mistake. I made a mistake. And that's my mistake. That's my lesson. That's something I'm going to learn from. But if you feel you come to the table with a sense of like, I made a mistake and someone's going to be mad at you. It's like you take their power away also the minute you claim it. Okay, I made a mistake. It's my mistake. I got it. I'm going to learn from it. Thank you. And okay, move on. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I have a note here. I wanted to talk to you about how you set intentions when you talk to the kids about setting intentions for the day. Will you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So in the camps I run, I run two theater camps specifically. Um, we have an intention board and kids get to freely write their intentions on the board every day. I encourage them to do so. But we always do as a group, um, I come in and I'll say to the kids, are we gonna have a good day or a great day? <laughs> and they all repeat back, Miss Elise, we're going to have a great day. And I say, why are we going to have a great day? Because we all decided right here, right now, that we're going to have a great day. And if we decide we're going to have a great day, and you wake up in the morning and you decide, hello, day, I'm going to have a great day. When your day starts to go to the right or to the left, you can come back to the promise or the intention that you made, that you're going to make it a great day because what? It's your choice. It's your choice. We can't change what life throws our way, but we can certainly change our reaction to it. The, uh, so. Rian, Rian had a first grade teacher who asked her that every day. And until we talked, we always thought it was because she was such a bad kid. <laughs> first grade that the teacher was like, listen, <laughs> are we going to have a good day today? <laughs> Because she was like, man, I must have been really bad. And then I, after we talked, I was like, she was just helping you set your intention for the day. Oh, that's, but she was that's seated funny. in the corner. So there is maybe something to it. Of <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. Yes. And I do think that um, for kids, I like having the, you know, expectation set of what we're going to also sometimes do when. They need some boundaries, and I think that that's important for them, too. Like, every morning we do this. We wrap, we do an appreciation circle so that there's also some kinds of what to expect. Um, and I think that helps children, too. I also, will you talk a little bit about, um, I'm just going to feed me your worries and the worry monster. Will you talk a little bit about uh, that? Sure. So it kind of goes to the name it, tame it mm -hmm. philosophy, but um, we have a worry monster that is a decorated, you could do it in many platforms and parents can do these things at home. 
you know, you create a worry monster. We created a box, have the kids decorate it, make the worry monster. So that's always fun and empowering. Um, and then, so before, for example, on the first day of camp, we also do auditions for a big show, right? Lots of big feelings. Mm. Okay, let's all write down our worries if you have them and let's give it to the worry monster to deal with. Because then it takes it off their plate a little bit and you don't have to worry about it anymore. So they feel as if they've written it down, giving it to the worry monster. Now we can move on to something else. It's out of your head and onto the paper. It's kind of like why people do morning pages and writing notes in the morning so we can clear our heads so that we can have a better day and get rid of the clutter. Um, so yeah, that the worry monster is a, is a good tool to also have in your home if you wanted to, like I said, for families. Shoot, I like, I'll put my worries in a worry monster and wish it would then have it take it away. It does feel better. <laughs> yeah. So I know you talked about the camps. Um, yeah. Mm, my video is so, frozen yeah. today. Am I moving on your side? Worry monster's a good one. Oh, I'm back. <sighs> God, technology makes me happy Hi sometimes. Again. Hi again. Um, you talked about the camps that you have. What's coming up <laughs> at uh, at the at the at the JCC at the Performing Arts Space? At the J. Yeah. Oh wow! So we have so many amazing classes and workshops that we do in the fall. So we do education on classes and then we do performances year round. Um, so we have like a Broadway review coming up. We have performance in a play. Um, we have a dance workshop series. We have improv games and acting going on. Um, write and create your own show musical that will be using a book as a premise and then continuing on to write a musical off of that, a short book. Um, and lots of private voice lessons and acting lessons are also available. And then at the end of November, October, we start to open up for our big spring production, which we put on a full scale, highly produced show at the J last year. We did Matilda over the summer. We did SpongeBob, um, you know, and have big audiences that come and the kids love it. We probably have about 80 kids in the program and two casts. For the oh, my shows. heavens. That's a lot. So registration open. I uh, know. And two production teams. Wow. Two directors, two music directors. Each has their own team. Yes. And they're all trained in the J-Pass philosophy, which is obviously my philosophy on um, how we talk and approach kids and use the arts to help them gain confidence. That's so exciting. Do you know, I know you said you haven't announced yes. it yet, but do you know what the production is? I mean, I know. right? <laughs> so, because yes, there's a lot of I things do, that go I into do, it, right? I do, I do think I know. Why? Totally. Yes, as you know, you have to. Do you me. wait to announce? Yes. Is it just to get buzz going, or you're not totally sure, or what's behind the curtain that maybe we don't know about? Um. So behind the curtain is, um, well, one, yet yeah, definitely to get a good buzz going. I do a big reveal video. Nice. And I think people look forward to it. Among the kids, it builds demand. They spend time trying to guess what it is. And, you know, will you tell us? So they're always excited. And then, as you know, there's a lot of things behind the scene. I have to make sure I have two 
full scale production teams and find my choreographer and the director and stage managers and um, costume designers and just make sure that it's the right show and you have all the marketing in place and stuff. So it gives me enough time after camp also to just make sure I have all my ducks in a row. And um, we, I like to do like a formal launch, a big announcement and then go from there. Nice. So, so yeah, uh, we watched last night. Um, you are so not in my bat mitzvah, the new Adam Sandler movie. Have you seen oh, it? I watched. I watched that yesterday morning. It oh my gosh! Hyster- be- oh my god! It was hysterical. That I'm a Jewish from Long Island, so it very much hit home. I bet <laughs> it was so funny. Do you feel like the JCC is that environment? in a way, or is that a different, I mean, cause you don't have to be Jewish to be at the JCC, right? No, gosh, no, not at all. We are open to all faith shapes and sizes and more than ha- three quarters of the people who come to the J are not necessarily Jewish. You do yeah. not have to be Jewish at all there. We just happen to move forward with Jewish values, which just happen to be values across the board that most people live by. Yeah. Um, so yes, but that movie was was it not so fun? I loved it. It was so funny. It was so funny. I had to and, leave. And you know, it, it, during one part, I was like, "Oh, I'm so uncomfortable. I just have oh. to walk away for a second and then come back." Oh. Yes. <laughs> it, you know, it was. It it, it was. Unco- there were moments I want. I mean, for sure. I mean, there's a lot I could say that I'm like, ooh, you know, not uncomfortable in a terrible bad way, but yeah. I was like, it, it hurt my middle school soul of just totally. Oh, oh. God, how mean they can be yes. to each other and all of for sure. All of that. Yes, there were a lot of good lessons in there. Um, and then I did. I have to say, I'm, you know, I did get to shed a tear at the end for the best two girl best friends that like made up and she like gave her her bat mitzvah at the end. And yeah, right, that's the big you know, well, Adam Sandler was great. I didn't recognize Adina Menzel at first until we paused it. And I was like, Oh my God, that's who that is. Both his daughters were amazing. So amazing. So good. Did you know that that was his, is that his wife? No, I don't. Adina Menzel is not. I believe. No, the other. Oh, Lydia's mom was his wife. Yeah, I believe so. Someone should fa- someone should fact check, fact check that. But somebody mentioned that to me yesterday. I didn't look into it, but I think that's what I heard. Well, I saw that there were four Sandler we names should... at the end, and I thought, well, maybe it was one of the grandmas uh, sitting at the table or something. So yeah, but it was super enjoyable. It was it was she's so yeah. good. His I guess the younger daughter. Oh my gosh, she was amazing. So good. Older daughter was good too, but just same. different vibe. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's like, what yeah. a good peek into a whole lifestyle. Like, oh. you know. Well, and that's the extreme, you know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah for sure. It was super fun. But it, it was, it was, it, it, yeah, it was a fun movie. So is there anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't so far said? Um, is there anything else I want? I would say, you know, I just that we're really kids need our help. Mm. They need mentors and advocates and um 
you know, I, I, I think that um, we're obviously in a mental health crisis for children right now. And um, the more that we can do to build community around them and provide them support and teach them healthy habits from the start um, and create this well, you know, youth well-being movement, I'm all for it. And I look forward to just continuing to impact kids' lives and make a difference in whatever big and small ways that I can, because they really, they, it sounds, it's, it's true, they really are the future and they deserve our time and our energy to give them a, a fair, fair start in the world. So. Well, you really are a superhero for all that you do. Thank you for all that you do with kids and empowering them. So good job. Good job, man. And thank you so much for being here. Aww, We're going to keep you on you for so the much. insurance story this time, because this is a new thing that we haven't done. Usually we do the insurance story after the guest leaves, but today I'm going to tell you a story. So um, we always close with an insurance story. The podcast is um, sponsored by the insurance agency. So um, the story I heard this week, luckily this was not my client, this was somebody else's client, but I'm connected with a ton of insurance agents all over the country and we share ideas and um, the woman was saying, help me, I don't know what to do. My client just called me, they, they sold their car to the nephew. And so the nephew took the car and they took it off the insurance right? The nephew that same day hit somebody and killed them. He hadn't gotten insurance yet. The title was still in their client's name. And so they were having to go back and forth with the insurance company to say, well, we canceled it, but is it covered through the end of the day? Because whoever the, the car is titled in the client's name, right? That's who they're going to come after. And they had no coverage. Although what, what everybody did and everybody would chimed in and they were like, try this, try this, try this. They were like, in theory, your coverage extends until midnight. So go back to the carrier and say, Hey, we should have coverage through midnight. So they have liability coverage for this accident that they didn't cause. So. And you hear that quite often, actually, people get rid of the car, but they don't change the title. And that's the moral of this story is if you sell the car, make sure the title goes into the next person's name. That's a good thing to remember. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sorry. I told a story that stressed you out. I apologize. <laughs> Insurance is sometimes just being a little ray of pitch black, man. I'm like, oh, this is the worst thing that can happen. How do we prevent it? <laughs> but <laughs> it's important stuff to know about, so you can prevent it. But yeah, ooh. yeah, it's tough. It's I'm tough. glad they have people like you. Glad they have people like you to help them, right? Aww. On the insurance side, so you're doing you're doing good things too, Susanna. Thanks, Elise. Well, thank you again for being you're here. Welcome. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget, drop us a line for a koozie at gibagencydallas.com and share this podcast. We appreciate that you spend time with us. And um, I love getting feedback for those of you who are giving me feedback. I appreciate it. So thank you again for being here. And we'll see you again next week.